I'm Jamie West. Mike Broomhead, we were talking about uh, computers. And I bought my first computer, this will tell you how long ago it was, at Circuit City at Metro Center. Oh, my gosh. I drove by the old Fry's Electronics on Thunder oh, Road the other day. I miss that place. It's empty. But remember how massive that place oh, was? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the good old days. The good old days of dial-up. <laughs> remember? No, I don't want to uh, I don't go want back to either. there. Me either. Uh, thanks, Jamie. That's very interesting. I, I love those uh, those updates by Steve Zinsmeister, and uh, it is interesting to see how far we've come in technology. I used to marvel at my grandparents because um, they had seen so much from the invention of the automobile to watching us land on the moon, and we've come pretty far in my lifetime as well. Uh, welcome, everyone. Thanks for being with us on the show. A very important interview is going to happen just after 9 o'clock, and it is going to be with both um, Carl and Marsha Mueller, uh, the parents of Kayla Mueller, who was uh, was murdered at the hands of ISIS terrorists uh, when who was on a humanitarian mission uh, when she, her life was taken. And uh, they are these are gracious people, the Mueller's. And uh, I've talked with them before, <clears throat> and it's amazing uh, to to suffer such loss in such a terrible way and yet to still stay gracious in, in the way you address people and you address the subject um and it is it is truly going to be um, it'll be emotional i think of my mother and my brother was lost in a completely different way in serving as a soldier but um, to watch a parent go through such a tragedy is so difficult and so we will talk with the Mueller's about how life has been since uh, the news came out and they were talking to the media originally and now that this chapter has kind of ended the story will never end it will never end for them but the next chapter and what happens next with this family and the memories and and so hopefully we will we will be able to get through that in a in a dignified way at, at, at just about five after nine I want to start this morning with uh, half of U.S. companies looking to cut jobs, and when it comes to job searches online, the number one search is for part-time. Um, we are now seeing people in a crisis. Record number of Americans are suffering surpassing the 2008 crisis level, according to a Gallup poll. And the reason why I continue to bring this up is because we are being told by people everything is just fine. Uh, for those of you that are old enough to remember the classic movie Animal House, at the end of the movie, uh, um, there is uh, Kevin Bacon is in that movie, and uh, he's in a, in a uniform in the ROTC trying to hold back the stampede of people while they're running through the streets away, and he's screaming, all is well. And that's that's what we have right now. We are being told how well everything is going. So I want to start here with with the not just the economy, but the way that we are addressing it. That's where the difference lies. Um, if you are if you're diagnosed with an illness and I don't wish that on anybody, but if you're diagnosed with an illness, it's a shock that when it happens, then you deal with the reality of what it is. And then what you do is you have to have find someone or a team of people that you have confidence in that are giving you the right course of action to cure the illness or whatever it is you're going to be able to do with the illness, that you are going to have to attack the illness and feel good about the path you've taken. America doesn't feel good about the path we are taking. That's where a big part of this comes. And it's not just political. Uh, you know, I, I have my political stance. I believe what I believe. But – the American people feel as if they're not being listened to when, you know, the energy secretary 
and the transportation secretary have been saying since the beginning of gas prices going up over $5 a gallon on average around the country, uh, diesel fuel going up in, in, in huge amounts and staying high because of uh, refining and because of uh, – of you know being able to refine and manufacture the the fuel, and we're not able to keep up with demand. Um, we kept hearing, if you had an electric vehicle, just get an electric vehicle, which sounds so easy for someone that's making that kind of money. But when you're watching your rent go through the roof or your mortgage, whichever, and you are watching food go up in faster than it's ever gone up or a 40-year high in inflation in all these other areas, how in the world are you supposed to plunk down the money for an electric vehicle? I mean, it, it's just it, it's an impossibility. And we all understand that there are people that just don't understand if you have never been there, if you've never been in a position where the world feels like it's closing in on you financially and there is nothing you can do because you're already doing everything you can do. It's one thing to do nothing and sit around and complain that you have nothing. But for the working people out there, small business owners that are terrified right now, and I'm not just guessing. I talk to people that are small business owners. Many of them I know well. Some of them I don't. I don't know where they stand politically because this isn't a political question right now. Small business owners are terrified. They are terrified because they have lived through so much with COVID-19 to try to survive and try to get back on track. Supply chain issues and inflation have made it incredibly expensive to run their business. So trying to eke out a profit. And on top of that now, we got 87,000 additional IRS agents training as we speak. To comb through small businesses, and I could, they can say all they want that it's super rich people, but the IRS video we played audio from yesterday tells you that these people are – they're practicing on landscapers. How many of you know the people that, that are – if you have a landscaper? And I do. And uh, he's a hardworking guy, and he hires people to work with him in the middle of the summer. I know they're not getting rich. They're not. They're making a living, and they're working hard at making a living. They take pride in the work that they do. And when they are in a position now where they're going to have to answer for moving forward or that things are going to change for them, this is the problem. People are not only hurting, they feel as if there is no course of action to help them. And that's where people are very, very concerned. Uh, Part-time among top search trends for job seekers. The White House is leaning toward canceling $10,000 in student loan debt. And 59% of Americans think that that's probably going to make things worse. Here's the other part of this where people are shaking their heads. I don't care what political party you're from. Uh, Maybe in this case I do because this is a a candidate for uh, Senate in Pennsylvania. He's been pretty well known. He is a very, very far left leaning candidate. His name is John Fetterman. He wants to prosecute executives from oil and food companies. He blamed executives of large oil and food companies for high prices that Americans are experiencing at gas stations and grocery stores across the country, saying he would crack down on CEOs to bring down costs. The, The senatorial candidate juxtaposed the record profits for companies like Chevron, Exxon, and Tyson, a large food company, with the high prices of gas and basic necessities. So let's run with that narrative, which is one of my favorite things to do, is to run with that narrative. Here it is. Um, he is talking about the fact that they are, re- they are reaping record profits in the private sector 
And they should lower prices for the good of the American people. He wants to go into the federal government so he can force that to happen. Your federal government just raised taxes on what they say is only going to be the wealthy people. Let's say it is. Let's go with the narrative. They're getting record profits into the United States Treasury. Every month, every quarter, every year, the United States Treasury has taken in more money than it ever has before. That would be profit, right? I mean, if you're going to look at if you're going to use it as a model, the taxes that they are bringing in, they are bringing in record revenue. Just like you're seeing the oil companies and the food companies, except they've done nothing for it and they do very little with it. They didn't earn that money. They have confiscated that money, that wealth from the American public. The people like this guy that run on the class warfare argument, uh, go look at nations like Venezuela. Go look at nations like Cuba. Go look at them where they demonize the wealthy. First of all, they are wealthy. You know the leaders in Venezuela. You know that the Castro family in Cuba. You know that those families and the elites and the higher ends of the government around them are very wealthy and they live like they are very wealthy. The people live poor. The idea that he is going to go to Washington, D.C. and go after private industry when they just voted on a tax increase when they are already collecting record revenue tells you everything you need to know about the hypocrisy in Washington. They are going to say it's for noble causes. It's for climate change. Even the New York Times is now saying that calling it the Inflation Reduction Act was absolutely false. So we are going to argue politics because it's a midterm election. And the Republicans have a very good chance of taking over the House. The chances of them taking over the Senate, according to recent polls, is diminishing rapidly, which is a very sad thing in my opinion. Americans are afraid. And we can continue to talk about some of the other fringe issues, and I, they're important to many people. But when it comes to the economy, the, the American people need to feel as if they're being listened to, and we're moving in the direction of correcting the problems with the economy in America. And right now, the American people at large don't feel that way. Some do. Some do. But the majority of Americans and a huge majority of Americans feel as if we are going in the wrong direction economically. And now you've got a guy that's going to further go after the private sector. 87,000 new IRS agents are already training. And then you've got a guy that's running for the Senate in Pennsylvania that says, if I go to Washington, we're going to go after the profits of those companies. We're going to jail the executives from these companies. You think that's the right direction to go? And if you do, uh, I just completely and utterly disagree with you. Absolutely disagree. In a moment, uh, the mayor of Washington, D.C. is denied help. They want the National Guard to help them with migrants in their cities. We'll talk about a border update coming up next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Don't forget, coming up just after 9 o'clock, we talk with Mr. and Mrs. Mueller, the parents of Kayla Mueller, um, about the court case in which the conviction of a, of a terrorist and what it must have been like to uh, to be uh, there when this happened and what this does for the next chapter of their life. It was a story that the entire world knew and the, the Mueller's right here in Arizona. So we'll talk with them coming up. 
up just after 9 o'clock. The mayor of Washington, D.C., for a second request for National Guard help with migrant crisis was denied by the Pentagon. She first asked for help last month, was rejected by the Pentagon on August 4th. She sent another letter on August 11th requesting 150 National Guard troops be deployed to help prevent a prolonged humanitarian crisis in our nation's capital, resulting for the daily arrival of migrants. And so... The National Guard said no a second time. The, the, the Pentagon said no, they are not going to help. And uh, I want you to hear a couple of things. This is Mayor Adams. He is the mayor of New York City talking about Governor Abbott. The governor of Texas. Now, as you know, the governor of Texas has been busing uh, migrants that volunteer. They actually sign a release form, which now they've stopped saying that they're being tricked and duped to getting on these buses. That was debunked. These are people that want to go to New York and they want to go to Washington, D.C., and they're being put on buses. Well, here's the latest from Mayor Adams. The governor of Texas is not giving any information at all, uh, no matter how much we try to coordinate. Crisis calls on coordination. And he has been really uh, just uh, a person who's mean spirited in the area of helping people in their times in a time of need. So uh, what about the what's happening in D.C. is different from what's happening at the southern border? There's no coordination with local law enforcement. As a matter of fact, most of you know, because we're a border state, if you work for a nonprofit organization, that when the federal government loads busloads of people at the border up and drops them off in downtown Phoenix or wherever else they drop them off, there's no coordination with anyone. Was it last year when we were housing people in extended stay hotels? That wasn't coordinated with anybody in that town. There was an extended stay hotel in Chandler. It was like at the I-10 and I think Chandler Boulevard or Ray Road. There was a a house there. There was another extended stay hotel in Scottsdale uh, on Shea Boulevard or I'm sorry, Scottsdale Road just south of Shea Boulevard. There's no coordination, so I don't understand this. Uh, Mayor Adams knows what he is saying is falling on deaf ears to the average person that's paying attention. And so now they're asking the federal government for funding and assistance. The White House gave us the pathway uh, to receive the assistance. We're going through the process to doing so, and we're optimistic that we're going to receive some assistance. Where is the assistance for Texas and Arizona? Again, this is a problem created by the failures of the federal government. That's simply stated. Now, if the defense from many is, well, this has been going on for a long time, you're right about that. Except those people aren't president anymore. We have one. His name is Joe Biden. And Joe Biden promised to fix this situation, and he's made it worse. It's worse now than it's ever been. Than it's ever been. So where is that sense of accountability? It's it's always a deflection. It's always deflecting in some way. And it shouldn't be. CBP, the Customs and Border Protection Authority, seized a massive amount of fentanyl at the Nogales port of entry on Saturday. The seizure included 1.2 million fentanyl pills and two pounds of fentanyl powder that was hidden in the floor compartment of an 18-wheeler trailer. Using the Drug Enforcement Administration metric that one kilo of fentanyl could potentially kill 500,000 people, two pounds of fentanyl could could possibly kill about 450,000. The amount of drugs flowing into our country is staggering, and this is one example of what law enforcement is up against. Is a quote from uh, someone in San Luis, Arizona, the police chief, Richard Jessup. 
Um, a Texas attorney was arrested for alleged hum- human smuggling. Corpus Christi attorney uh, Timothy Jaffet was arrested near the border in Del Rio on August 13th with four illegal migrants and a loner car he was driving. Um, and now this is a story where I think we should be focusing a little more. This is from the Arizona Republic, and it is about a group of uh, humanitarians who go down to the southern part of Arizona, and they look for migrants that have been abandoned in the desert to try to save their lives if they can. Now, I, you know, say what you will about illegal immigration. I agree that it's absolutely wrong and it needs to stop. But these are people that are looking for human lives. And at the point when they are going to die in the desert because the cartels abandon them, um, this is just trying to help humanity. They also have found bones. They find remains often. And this is the part of the story that nobody wants to cop to, that nobody wants to pay attention to. The humanitarian problem. Now, I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I don't know where this group stands on what's happening at the border. Do they blame the U.S.? Do they blame the cartels? Do they not blame anybody? Are they open borders? I don't know the answer to that. Don't care. Don't care. But what they are doing is going down there and identifying remains. They'll find bones. They'll take pictures. They'll have people come out to see if they're animal bones or human bones. They found, I think, 24 different people recently. You know, in the the past year, I think it is, they found 24 bodies or remains of 24 human beings at the border. And this is the part of this conversation that always gets ignored because nobody wants to talk about how horrible it is. And what are we doing to stop it? The answer is we're doing nothing to stop it. We are doing nothing but incentivizing it. It is it's shameful. I can't think of a different word. It's shameful. The politics in America have gotten so in the way of what's happening that um, we have a president in office that you happen to agree with politically and he can do no wrong. And even if it is wrong, it's somebody else's fault first and somebody else created the problem. And we have to hold our government accountable. Both sides of the aisle in the United States Congress should be held accountable for not getting something done at our southern border. Period. End of story. And at the, it, the base and political parties don't want their leadership working with the other side of the aisle. And we have to work around that somehow. Our elected leaders have got to get something done. Stop what's happening at the border, secure the border, and then fix the immigration system as best we can so that we can allow good people to come here and live the American dream is what we should be focused on. Gatos joins me in a moment. It's the Big Q poll question of the day. It's coming up momentarily. The Gatos Big Q poll question brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, good morning, Gatos. Morning. I was just reading this article. There's a new brain zapping cap that'll boost your memory for at least one month. I don't want to. I don't want to remember anything. What do you mean? You don't want to remember anything? <laughs> I don't want to remember anything. Oh, gosh. that's why I thought you had a stiff drink during the weekend or something. <laughs> right. You know? Have you ever? Have you ever walked into the kitchen? And you're like. I know I came in here for something. Every day. <laughs> now you want, here's a true story. You know I wear a baseball cap to work almost every day. I know. When I go home and I change clothes, everything in my pockets that I carry goes into the baseball cap. Because if I don't put it in the baseball cap, I forget it no matter where else <laughs> I put it. That's a true story. Oh, gosh. Maybe you need that zap, that cap that zaps your <laughs> not, brain. Not going to help me. I don't know, man. I am beyond help. You ever get on the air and you're like, you're making a point, and then all of a sudden, you, the easiest word that you're ready to say 
Yeah, I have no idea where it is in my brain. <laughs> right. I cannot find it. Yes. And then I look at, uh, at Chad and I put my hands up and I'm like, help. Uh, it's, uh, I don't know why they hired me for this job. I when I, when I, if they knew what <laughs> little goes on inside this head. <laughs> well, I mean, they hired me first and there's nothing going on in my head. So, I mean, don't worry about that. Oh, that's awesome. What uh, What do you have for the queue? Well, Dennis Rodman says he's going to uh, go to Russia and get Brittany Griner released. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Uh, how do you think this will end? A, badly. B, really badly. C, really, really badly. Or D, Rodman may land in a cell next door. Yeah, that's the concern, man. Can we trade Dennis Rodman for her? I trade Dennis Rodman for her. I think that I think he might enjoy prison. Although I, don't I like, I, mean, I think he's an interesting character. I like the worm. I, I think he's he was just a, a fascinating guy. But if you, the State Department has said, the White House has said, you're going to yeah. complicate things. Just don't go. And he's going anyway. You know what? He's going to get a meeting with Putin. Of course he is. He's going to actually. Well, he was hanging out with with uh, who is it again? Uh, uh, Kim Jong Un. Yeah, him and water skiing. Him and uh, him and Steven Seagal and Putin all in a room. Oh, oh, Steven Seagal. Didn't that guy want to run for governor a few years ago? I don't know. He had a bulletproof house and uh, he does sale. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rodman, uh, don't don't do it. Right. Yeah, you're going to get captured too, or poisoned by Putin. Right. Yeah. Gatos, good question as always. What am I doing here? I forgot. <laughs> Have a good show. All right, I'll see you. All right, that's Gatos, the BQ poll question of the day, brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Coming up in just a few moments, we are going to have a conversation with the parents of Kayla Mueller. Carl and Marsha Mueller are going to join us. Um, she is the Arizona woman that was on a humanitarian mission and was captured and then eventually killed by ISIS terrorists. That trial has come to an end. We will talk to the parents in just a couple of moments.